Now, in my last video, I shared with you about a bomb threat which occurred live during the Transformation Church Christmas Eve service in Oklahoma. And I said that pastor did an incredible job in delivering the message from the pulpit where they had to evacuate the church during their Christmas Eve service. And my good friend, Jim Howard from Trinity Security Allies down in Florida, sent me a news article yesterday and he said, Simon, this church took a very different approach. And I read the article and I was a little bit sort of shocked and horrified as to how that church dealt with the bomb threat. So we're going to go through this step by step again. And it's a different approach from my last video, which I'm going to link above. And I was most probably a bit more neutral last time um, because I think the pastor did an incredible job. Whereas this time, I think there was lots of mistakes that were made. So I'm going to take us through it step by step. So let's start off with the story. So as I mentioned, it was in Texas, the Beaumont Church, and it was during their Christmas Day service. And here is the headline that the news ran with. And this is from their pastor. They don't see a bomb, so I think we ought to keep having church. That's just me, said Pastor John Adolph. So what actually happened then? So I'm going to read a little bit of you for the article. So it said, Beaumont police received a call Monday morning from someone claiming that a bomb had been placed on the roof of the Antioch Missionary Baptist Church in Beaumont, where a Christmas morning service was underway, according to the pastor. So that is the circumstances. Here is where it gets really interesting. So the pastor, he said to himself, they didn't put a bomb on the roof when it was Halloween. We had a big old crowd of people for that. But if the devil can interrupt Christmas, he'll make it Xmas, he told the crowd. Now, here is what I want to talk to you about is the first thing that I heard there is some false logic from the pastor. I'm going to talk in a few moments about natural law versus supernatural law. Just because you didn't receive a bomb threat when it was Easter, when there's thousands of people in, when it's your full festival, when there's thousands of people at your full festival or hundreds of people, it's a false logic to say, well, it didn't happen then. So is it going to happen today? And you can see within the passage that he puts his place in faith, which is what we want to do as Christians. But at the same time, we can't be naive to the dangers of the world. So my first point is a clear indication from the pastor that he is relying on his faith in the Lord. And I want to talk to you in a few moments about the difference between spiritual law or supernatural law and human law. So that was my first point is there was a little bit of false logic in there that it didn't happen during an Easter or Halloween. We had lots of people. So why is it going to happen now? The next thing that I want to talk about, and again, I'm directly correlating this between the Transformation Church in Oklahoma. So you haven't seen that video. Again, I'm going to put a link up so you can go and watch that video to see my comments there. But what happened differently on this occasion is that the security came to the pastor and spoke to him, and the pastor made the decision. So he was told in live time, there is a bomb threat to the church, very directed language, there is a bomb on the roof, and he made the decision. Now, I'm going to show you something. I wrote this book this year about how to talk to your pastor about church security. If you don't have a copy, it's on Amazon. 
I really suggest you go and pick up a copy because pastors, religious leaders, your clergy, your reverends, whatever you call them, security is not their main focus. Their main focus is guarding the flock, is shepherding the flock, and they might not understand our world. So when you whisper in the pastor's ear, tying this back to a transformation church in Oklahoma, my advice or my words to the pastor would be, we need to evacuate and we're going to evacuate now. Not as in, oh, by the way, you're delivering your sermon, but we've got a bomb threat. What would you like us to do? It's very clear to me that that pastor made the decision at the pulpit with most probably minimal information because how much can you really pastor someone when there's three, four, five hundred people inside the church and you're whispering inside the pastor's ear that we saw here? So who should make the decision? My view, my view, Simon's view is it should be you in security. It should be you in facilities. It should be you in operations. It should be you who is overseeing the safety and security program. It shouldn't be passed to the religious leader who's preaching a sermon to say, should we evacuate? Um, what's, your, what's your views? I think that's the first point where this church deviated from where I believe Transformation Church did an incredible job in Oklahoma. So we're seeing the difference here. I want to tell you a little bit then about what the pastor then said. So he explained that he had asked all the officers that were hired for security at the church to go up to the roof and see if there was a bomb. So here is something I want to talk about. They didn't find anything. And then he then said this. Now, what do you make of these comments? And again, I like I said, I'm going to be a bit more critical in this one because there's some things that I don't necessarily agree with. Now, as of time of making this video, I'm 45 years old. And like most Christians, there's been times when my faith has been strong and there's been times when I've wavered from my faith. But when the pastor says this from the pulpit, he then told them that anyone who felt like they wanted to leave could tip out and nobody will be mad. But for everybody else, we're going to keep on thanking the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to share my opinion a little bit on here. I feel like that pastor was shaming people a little bit into staying. And if hey, if you want to go and want to tip out, that's fine. But as for the rest of us believers, we're going to stay here and place our faith in the Lord. So when I read that, I, I feel like the pastor was shaming people to stay. And if someone wants to leave because there's a, a live bomb threat coming in, someone saying there's a bomb on the roof, they shouldn't feel any shame or embarrassment saying, Simon, I'm going to check out here because I want to make sure that I'm safe. But when I read it, you might have a different view to me. When I read it, I read that he's shaming them, saying, if you want to tip out, nobody's going to be mad. Why would you even need to use the word mad? Um, tip out, no one's going to be mad. But as for everyone else, we're going to keep on thanking the Lord, and we're going to worship here. So a little bit of shaming there from the pastor. But as common sense would prevail, when the police arrived, the police took over, and when I was head of counterterrorism at Mall America, I don't often share this too much on the channel, but I was also overseeing our canine bomb explosive detection team. So we had officers and we used to use canines to clear unusual items in the Mall of America. And that was one of my responsibilities was overseeing the canine team. And we always used to say this saying, if there is one, there is two. If there's two, there's three. If there's three, there's four. If there's four, there's five. And just because someone says there's one bomb 
it doesn't mean we go looking for one. We we work on the basis if there's one, there's two, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, there's five, there's six. And common sense prevailed and police protocol took place where they eventually had to clear the church because the police not only cleared the roof, but they also cleared the interior of the church. So really pleased to see that the church didn't say, well, we've searched for roof and we couldn't find anything. So um, please carry on with your service. No, we have to clear the entire building. So the decision that the pastor made was overruled within 15, 20 minutes by the time the police and the bomb squad arrived saying, we need everyone out because we need to clear the building. And I'll talk a little bit about swatting in a few moments. I'm sure a few of you are going to ask some questions about swatting. So we're going to talk about that. So there's one, there's two, there's two, there's three, there's three, there's four, there's four, there's five. When law enforcement arrived, they cleared out the church anyway, because they need to make sure that not both the exterior and the interior were safe. So my first questions I'm going to pose to you, and I'm going to answer myself, and as I have done already in this case, is who should make the call? Now, the pastor is most probably not the best placed or the best qualified. He's not the best place because someone from law enforcement called the church or communicated to the officers already there and said, we have a live bomb threat situation. Someone has called us and said there is a bomb on the roof of the church. Uh, we need to go and search the church. Here's what we need to do. The pastor who has gone through seminary has mostly got a degree in theology, which has mostly been pastoring the church for, for many years, Again, they are outside this world. I would really encourage you, as I said in my book, How to Talk Your Leader About Church Security, Pastor, I am not asking you, I am telling you, this is what we need to do. They are not best placed. They are most probably not the best skilled or the best qualified in safety and security. Now, my naysayers, yes, I agree. There's most many pastors that have served in law enforcement and have served in the military. But, they, but this pastor had a piece of snapshot of information. He was, he was whispered in his ear as to what the threat was. He was probably not best placed to do that. Take charge. Take charge. You have the information. You have all the answers. Make sure you take charge. Pastor, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you this is what we need to do. Because when law enforcement arrived, they overruled him anyway because they need to search the inside and the outside. Again, we're going to move on to swatting in a few moments. I spoke enough about my book. If you want to research, go and check it out. All How to Talk to Your Leader About Church Security is my second most common question that I get on email every week outside of Simon, Maggie, who works on the front desk. She's going through a divorce. Her husband says he's going to come to a church and he's going to hurt her. He's going to injure people. How do we deal with it? My most second question is, how do I talk to my leader about church security? This would be a great book for me to send to that, that security leader and say, hey, um, you need to take charge here and tell the pastor what to do. So the next thing I'd say is when he sent people to go to look for the bomb, I was head of counterterrorism, more America, Minnesota, 7 million square feet, 4 to 2 million visitors per year. I oversaw the behavior detection team and the K-9 bomb explosive team, as well as all the intelligence that went inside of the mall and outside of the mall. I'm pretty well qualified, you might say, in and around explosives. However, what does a bomb look like? When the pastor said, we'll go upstairs and just check the roof and see if there's a bomb. What does a bomb look like in today's world? It has evolved. The world has changed. These people are very sneaky. They're very clever. Don't expect to just walk up there and see a box which says bomb on it for you to go and find. So 
when the pastor said, go up there and see what the bomb, um, try and find a bomb, I think perhaps he could have been, again, this shows he's outside of our world. He could have been a little bit naive, but he's going to go and see something which is so out of place. We know from the Boston man from bombing, from all these bombings, they deliberately deceive us. They hide things that look like they belong there. So when he sent people to go look for a bomb, I don't know what it was actually looking for, because even at Mall of America, we had uh, canines and we had a technology device where we could test something for um, chemical substances. My next point that I want to really reinforce is, again, if there's one, there's two, there's two, there's three, if there's three, there's four, if there's four, there's five, never, never assume in today's world, if someone says there's a bomb threat, but there's just one, there's mostly multiples. We know numerous cases, and people reached out after that first video and said, well, Simon, what about secondary and third devices? Well, I was raised in the country that had the IRA target them for many years. And that was a common IRA tactic was to plant one device, make that device detonate, and then have a secondary or a third device where those people are going to run to. So we always assume if there's one, there's two, there's two, there's three, there's three, there's four. These people are very sneaky. They may set off a detonation to get the traffic to go in a certain area, but have a secondary device to then pick up those people. They're sneaky. They're horrible people. So I want to talk a little bit now, and I mentioned this to Jim Howard, like I said, my friend from Trinity Square Allies down in Florida. I mentioned when I listen to some of these cases, here's where I feel that some of these leaders get it wrong. Is And I should say, in writing this book, I spoke to over 30 pastors which contributed to this book, and I've been in security ministry for over a decade. And sometimes people get confused between the natural law versus the supernatural law. And here's what I mean. The natural law is that if you eat 10 Big Macs a day for a year, you're most probably going to have a heart attack because your arteries are going to get clogged up and it is just not good and healthy. I mean, no disrespect, please McDonald's don't sue me for anything for this, but more than likely if you eat 10 Big Macs a day for a year, you're not going to be in good shape, you're going to have a heart attack. God cannot intervene within that. That is natural law. You are abusing your body. And it's the same as if I drive my lovely Ford 150 truck when I became an American citizen. I think one of the things you need to do in America is you've got to have a truck. So I brought this beautiful black-on-black Ford F-150 truck, lovely car. Really my, my pride and joy when I became an American citizen last year. However, if I drive my Ford F-150, which weighs like six, 700 um, tons, if I drive that towards you, doing 90 miles an hour, natural law is going to say there's not going to be too much left of little Simon on the other side. That is natural law. We've got to make sure when we're going through these things, but we're not being distracted by, I haven't got a Bible here, but we're not being distracted by the word of the Lord against the natural law. The natural law, you eat 10 big mats a day for a year, more than likely you're going to have a heart attack, you're going to have health issues. You step in front of my Ford F-150 when I'm doing 90 miles an hour and it weighs tons, there's not going to be much left of you. That is a natural law. God cannot inter interject there. So when we're making these decisions, please make sure, let me go back to this a second, please make sure here that we're focusing on the supernatural, Not sorry, not focusing on the supernatural law, but looking on the natural law. If there is a bomb, if someone has, God gave us free will, if someone has planted a bomb inside your church and it goes off, it's going to kill people. That is the natural law. 
if someone has planted a device to go off, which means that people are going to get scared, they're going to run in a different direction, they're going to have a secondary device by another door, and then that bomb goes off, and there's 200 people running towards that door, it is going to kill people. Uh, like I said, I think this pastor had a little bit of false logic in his views that, well, because it didn't happen during Halloween, it didn't happen during Easter, it's not going to happen today. We should not confuse the natural law versus super law. God cannot interject in natural law. You eat those burgers, you're going to get sick, you're going to have a heart attack, all these um, adverse health issues. You stand in front of my car, do 90 miles an hour, you're going to die. That is the natural law. So make sure we're not getting confused here. The last thing I just want to quickly end on is relation to swatting is the devil's work. However, and I said this to a few people after my first video, but yes, swatting is real and is becoming more common. If you're not familiar with swatting, basically it is providing false information to law enforcement to make them do certain procedures, as in there's a mass shooting, there is a bomb, um, there is um, an active violence occurring to cause that SWAT team to go to that location. So it's very common. People do this a lot within schools where they make false reports where there's an active shooter or there's a bomb in a school causing that SWAT team to go down and have to clear it. Very And obviously, these are all hoaxes. Very, very real. Um, and the numbers are significantly increasing. If you Google SWATing, you'll see a lot of media reports on it. So even though SWATing is the devil's work, the two cases we've seen, Transformation Church in Oklahoma, this Beaumont Church in Texas, both of those chose or both of those were later cleared to be hoaxes. So you might say swatting. However, the challenge that we have is that we have to make sure that we take these things seriously. And I'm not saying that we need to evacuate our church every time. You're going to follow your procedures. But swatting is real, and people are making these false complaints to the police. However, we have to acknowledge the natural law. If there is an, if there is an AED device in there and it explodes, it's going to kill people. So we've got to make sure we're taking the necessary, reasonable steps to make sure that we are keeping people safe. So it is a, it's a thin line between what this pastor did saying, we're just, you know, Nothing happened in, in the fall for Halloween, so nothing's going to happen now. It's, it's, a false, it's a thin line between that narrative of, of false logic to do we evacuate the church? What does it look like? Yes, we could be allowing the devil to creep in, particularly this was Christmas service. And I think that was past, part of the pastor's view. However, we needed to take these threats seriously. So do not be afraid, embarrassed to evacuate your church. When that pastor said, hey, we're not going to be mad if you lead, leave YouTube what you want to do. I would say you make the decision. If you are the safety leader watching this video, you tell your religious leader what it is that you need to do because they're not, they're not informed, they're not trained, they might not have your knowledge and awareness, and they definitely in this case didn't know what law enforcement was saying. And you know when the police come, they have to come and clear your building anyway. They're not going to have a bomb threat and not come inside your building. They're going to need to clear your building. So. Um, make sure you're taking these threats seriously. And again, it was a very different case than the Transformation Church. And if I've appeared too critical, I'm sorry, but I think there's a lot of things that this pastor did um, where, which could have put people's safety in jeopardy. And I understand his theology. I understand 
the, the devil is attacking us in the day-to-day life. However, he also had the safety and the security to consider of the four, five, six hundred people who were in that Christmas Day service. And I believe some of his words and language was shaming people not to not to leave. So as always, those are my views and opinions. I would love to know what your views and opinions are. Drop a comment below or reach out to me. But for now, you stay safe. You have a blessed day and I'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.